Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galanti. He is Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, did you have a nice Easter, my friend? I'm I'm still sweating out the food, so I would say that's that's criteria number one for successful Easter. Heck yeah. That is exactly what Easter is for. I know my religious <laughs> friends will tell me, no, Jim, that's not exactly it. But unfortunately, I'm in the same boat as you. Plenty of ham. <laughs> All right, Dustin, I got a question for you. Hit me with it. 78. And partly sunny. What is that? That's got to be the blue-white game forecast, is it not? That is exactly what it is. We are blue-white week. I'm sweating out the weather for that, and it just seems to be getting better and better, Dusty. We are having our tailgate event in association with the We Are NIL Collective. We're going to have 409 tailgate food, blue-white winery wine, new trail beer, Doing all of this at the Revel XP exclusive lot for tailgating real close to uh, Beaver Stadium adjacent to the soccer field. Going to be a great event, going to benefit student athletes, and now it looks like the weather's cooperating too. So Dustin, if you want to get your tickets to the event, meet some of the KSN guys. We've got a lot of the players' families coming in. They'll be a lot of fun to talk to. Just go to thetailgateclub.com and you'll get more information. You'll get tickets, everything you need to set you up for a good time on Saturday. We hope to see you there. All right, Dustin. Also a big week in the world of uh, Penn State sports, bringing in a lot of talent. Let's start with the big name in football, Quentin Martin, made his commitment to Penn State. This looks like a pretty special player. Uh, he really does. And, you know, th- this is a name who had been linked to Penn State um, a- as being a likely top 2024 target for a long time. And really just this weekend is the first time I really sat down and watched what he could do. I knew his reputation. Uh, I knew hit where his star ratings and his national rankings were. But, man, I, you know, he, he's listed as an athlete. Um, at, at, by at least one of the recruiting services. I'm not sure if all. So it kind of speaks to um, how gifted he is athletically. Um, but to me, I mean, and and what it looks like is probably a running back. And at six feet, about 200 pounds, I mean, he looks absolutely like the real deal. You know, he is a very fluid athlete, makes things look easy, uh, movements that are not easy at all, makes them look easy. Uh, He's long, he's quick, he's got good feet, he's versatile enough to catch passes. I mean, this is a guy that can probably be asked to do a bunch of things. And you think about uh, where running backs are in the grand scheme of football, particularly in the NFL, where they're being asked to do more and more and more lineup, um, split out wide, line up in the slot, go in motion, all that stuff. I mean, Quentin Martin is is such a good athlete that you can ask him to do that stuff at the Big Ten level and he's going to be able to do it. Um, you know, we're going to talk a bit uh, coming up about 
how that fits into the depth chart moving forward. But I do feel like uh, he is dynamic enough and ready enough and physically mature enough to be a year one impact guy in some way, shape or form, uh, depending on what Penn State's got um, there. But they are pretty well loaded at the running back spot. Uh, We'll talk about how they got even more loaded. Uh, in a second, but it's going to keep going. And and really, if they're going to be in a place where they're going to recruit at least one high level running back every other recruiting cycle, it's going to keep going this way. And, and Quentin Martin, you know, the ramifications in terms of getting Pennsylvania's top player, which they've done now, I think, three to- three years in a row. Uh that's huge too. And I think there's going to be some fallout in a good way when you see that this type of player committed now, it could be one of those guys uh, just like Landon Tangwall was two years ago that kicked off a a surge. And I think Penn state looked like it was on the brink of going on a, on a run um, going into the spring and summer, maybe Quentin Martin being on board kicks off that run. And there's a quarterback out of Maryland who, uh, you know, they're really after, he may be coming soon too. Well, when I say soon, I think he even announced a uh, an announcement date in July. But that would be another huge get. My look at this, though, Dustin, is in the bigger scheme of things, not just at running back, but overall talent wise, you can have good teams without these elite stars, but you can't be elite without this type of player. And it feels like Penn State is turning a corner when they're bringing in guys like. Drew Aller, Nick Singleton, Abdul Carter, and even the offensive lineman this past year with Bershmeyer and Javen Williams. These are the guys you've got to bring in. You know, I mentioned Drew Aller. Ohio State has three or four quarterbacks that highly rated. Well, yeah. guess what? Only one of them could be on the field. So if Penn State gets one like Drew Aller and hit on it, hey, that that's good. And they could compete. And this is at, you know, an important position at college, maybe more so than in the NFL, you know, guys like Nick Singleton and Saquon Barkley, they're difference makers at the collegiate level. And this kid seems like that's what he is. He's an elite guy. He's a difference maker. You can't have enough of those. So again, I think Penn State is turning the corner there with their recruitment. You alluded to this, Dusty, um, that he's not the only running back coming in. Uh, Penn State brought in a transfer portal running back who will uh, factor in this season's team, and that's Trey Potts, native of Williamsport, from Minnesota. When he first hit the transfer portal, I know there was the thought, hey, maybe this is the kind of guy who could come in. We knew this would be a challenge. Whoever comes in, typically the transfer portal is about getting more playing time, and you've got a guy coming in who's automatically going to be third on the depth chart at best, but he still made it in, but still an important get for Penn State. Yeah, yeah, I I, I did think of it in, in those same terms. And you're trying to think of it, you know, when you're looking at this marriage of athlete and school, um, you know, what's the athlete getting out of it? What's the school getting out of it? So in this case, Penn State is getting, you know, really a, a nearly perfect fit. It's, it's hard to think of, of a better fit at this point in time. Going back to the fact that he's a Pennsylvania kid, he's 
he's run and had success at the Big Ten level at Minnesota. He is accustomed to not being the primary guy, although he got a taste of that and did very, very well in that role back in 2021. But has to see that, um, you know, a, a couple things for, for Trey Potts is that um, if he continues doing what he's been doing and, you know, Penn State uh, achieves at a high level, uh, there, there still is a, a very good chance he lays down enough film that the NFL, you know, whether he was a league guy or not, the NFL would still be a possibility for him. You know, obviously, when you're coming in behind Katron Allen and Nick Singleton, you're not expecting to get the ball 20 times a game or anything. But, you know, if you were the insurance policy, you have to recognize the fact that that insurance policy could ultimately need to be used at some point in the season. If that happens and he's the number two guy or something, then now maybe you're talking that he can get the workload that he wants. Uh, but this is a guy, you know, he averaged almost five yards per carry at Minnesota. There's not a lot of flash to his game, but I think he runs differently than Nick Singleton does. He runs differently than Katron Allen does, and he's a nice complimentary piece. Uh, you know, he's a patient runner. He uh, waits for, for things to develop in front of him. He, he's small enough that he can kind of disappear and reappear the, the way that you want when he's popping through a hole. So I think he's a really good uh, proven productive runner and Penn state just needed that so bad. Uh, just somebody to round out that depth chart, somebody to bring in uh, that level of experience. Somebody, you know, ultimately can maybe make a contribution in a positive way to both Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. If he's willing to be that mentor type too, having been around and seen more than those guys. So just, you know, adding that veteran presence, somebody who's got some upside, a Pennsylvania kid. I mean, it's just, I, I feel like it's just a, such a great fit all around. It is a perfect fit. And even if this is just about being an insurance policy, now that insurance policy could pay off multiple ways. Do you get, God forbid, a season-ending kind of injury to one of the top two guys? Or even if you just get that injury that takes you out for a game or two, do you have a guy that you could count on uh, to plug in? And that's what this guy is. And as you mentioned, he's experienced in the Big Ten. That's a tremendous uh, factor also. Could not be a better fit as far as Penn State goes. They could not have paint, uh, designed a better player to bring in. Now, Dusty, one more player coming in to town. And we're going to shift gears to Mike Rhodes and his basketball team. It turned out Mike Rhodes... He had an ace up his sleeve, Dusty. Oh, I like what you did there. Yeah, uh, Adrian Ace Baldwin from VCU. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, once once the VCU guys started hitting the portal, you know, I'm not sure if people really took the time to go look into them and, and figure out who they are or if they're, you know, expecting them to, to come. But Ace Baldwin is a huge, huge get for, for Mike Rhodes. Uh, a building block type of, of player to bring in. Somebody who can... Uh, who can run the offense, somebody who is pivotal on defense, who has proven that he can play Mike Rose's brand of basketball, has a connection with the staff and all that. Uh, it's also just proof that, you know, Penn State is not a horrible place to come and play if you're in the portal, if, if, if you're looking for, for other talent. I mean, he is somebody who can bring talent around him 
just a left-handed guy. You know, I, I, I watched uh, some of his film and I was just a little surprised that he didn't average uh, more points per game than he did, but he's just such an all around playmaker, 12.7 points, 5.8 assists, 2.9 rebounds over two steals a game, 183 steals in three seasons. I mean, this is a guy who's playing on both ends of the floor. He can knock down open shots. He's more of a mid range jumper guy. He can get to the hoop. He can get other guys involved. I mean, you, it, it is just a perfect building block, I think for Mike Rhodes and, uh, the hope obviously being that he can attract other guys from VCU, but other transfer portal talent. So you can actually field a competitive team, uh, this coming winter. Yes. You hope that by bringing in a top guy here and he was, uh, Atlantic 10 player of the year, that says something for you. We've already seen you could come from, you don't have to come from a power five conference to be a factor in uh, Big Ten basketball, we saw that. He's also a guy that you could kind of build the team around. He's not the same style player as Pickett was, but he's a guy who can dish, who could still score, make people around him better. And as you said, he plays on the other end of the court also, plays excellent defense. And you hope he's, being a VCU guy, he'll help bring in other VCU guys, and he's talented enough to bring in just other guys in general. Fantastic pickup from Mike Rhodes. All right, that's it, Dustin, for quarter number one. Stick around. Quarter number two, we're going to go a little bit deeper into that running back depth chart. Stick around. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the Blue-White Game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery, all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. He's Dustin. I'm Jim. Dusty, in the first segment, we talked about some new talent coming into Penn State on both the football field and the basketball court. Interestingly enough, both additions that we talked about on the football field are heading for uh, the running back room, and that is 24 commit Quentin Martin, huge get for Penn State. And a more immediate concern is Trey Potts, 
who's a, comes in from the transfer portal from Minnesota, Big Ten experience. You may remember him from the game when Penn State played Minnesota in the whiteout game. Uh, he, he was in that game. And, Dustin, it got us thinking, of course, what effect does this now have in the entire running back room? We, of course, hit on it a little bit. But let's start with Potts and where he fits in in this 2023 season. We're all happy with Catron Allen and Nick Singleton as that one-two punch. And if they remain 100% healthy, everything's fine and good. It's still nice to have a third back, even if it's, you know, filler time on, you know, some of these games. You need a third back to come in, give the other two guys a blow. And then, God forbid, there's an injury. You'd like to have an experienced guy there, wouldn't you? A hundred percent. And and those are all good reasons to, to bring a guy like this in. And I, I think, you know, you're looking at Singleton and Allen and you're saying, okay, the, the, the very presence of both of them can help both of them avoid a lot of situations where they're accumulating too much wear and tear and they're put in a position to get hurt. So the two, the, the fact that there are two of them, it helped them. But, you know, really there was just... Uh, you know, drop off a cliff to get down to the next guy. And I have no idea if Cameron Wallace was going to be ready, uh, not going to be ready. Uh, can he, can he, can he handle a few carries a game? Like I didn't, I didn't really know. And so now you don't have to even get into that question. You can sign the, this guy signed and you can develop him at your own time. Uh, bring in Trey Potts. He can spell both uh, Singleton and, and Allen. And I know, I don't know if it'll be the same thing, you know, this coming seasons, but last year, a lot of times when Drew Aller was getting into the game, there wasn't a scholarship running back behind him. You know, no offense to Tank Smith, but, you know, just having the ability to maybe have a scholarship guy running with Bo Perbola, for example, could be a good thing. When there's mop up time, uh, somebody who can do something and and you can develop that that player for reps. And maybe that is Cameron Wallace uh, down down the road. But you know, for now, I just think having a third option uh, to spell both of those guys to have an insurance policy, somebody who you know has really been a number two running back in the Big Ten, being your third guy, uh, it it helps so much in 2023. It takes the burden off of Singleton and Allen a little bit to feel like they don't have to do absolutely everything. It also adds to the fact that if one of those guys would have gotten hurt without a guy like Trey Potts on the roster, it throws a lot of questions in there. I think they're so much better as a duo because they do different things because you can now, um, you know, give them both 15 touches a game. Uh, without that, I mean, I, I just feel like it, 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 you know, like Nick Singleton can run the show. Katron Allen can run the show, but I do think you need somebody else in the event of injury. And it, even if there is no injury, Trey Potts can definitely hold his, his water here and, and carry it six or seven times a game and, and, uh, and be a nice solid veteran guy when, when the situation calls for it. And the other freshman, you talked about Cameron Wallace. He's one of the two freshmen coming in. And unfortunately, Neither one of them was able to come in in the spring, so they're not going to get that extra experience. But there's Cameron Wallace, but there's also London Montgomery, who might have more potential there, but he's also coming off the major knee injury. What the, having Trey Potts there does is it makes it takes any pressure that was potentially on London Montgomery to play this season, takes that pressure off the table. 
you could look at him and say, you know what, this is better off just plain being a development year for him. We don't want to risk getting him out there. Give him a year to do that. Trey Potts gives you that insurance policy there also, Dusty. Yeah, you don't have to get impatient with either one of these guys. And I do think Cameron Wallace also is more of a a, a projection and development project. Uh, Somebody who can be a change of pace. Give him that time too. You You can get him on the field for meaningful reps in four games or less. Um, ne- next season, you don't. I, I I didn't think there was a world where Cameron Wallace could preserve his red shirt and do the best thing for him, uh, which was to 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 do that and learn and get physically stronger and and all that. Trey Potts just allows for for that to happen. There's no pressure whatsoever to rush London Montgomery into duty, and that goes for 2023. I I, I would think the 2024 is wide open for him, but it just it just removes the pressure there and. Uh, you know, brings in somebody who who can make a meaningful contribution uh, to to the depth chart, to the running backs room, to the offense, and and play that valuable insurance role. And, and yeah, with both of these t- true freshmen, I don't think you know when they were uh, recruited and when they committed and signed that Penn State really had their sights set on using them in 2023. Uh, London Montgomery, you are right, has has a world more potential, I think, than than Wallace does. But now gets a chance to to sit, take his time, get healthy, um, get acclimated, and, and target 2024 for maybe when he can see the field and, and make that contribution. This also, let's talk 24 a little bit and where that uh, puts the team as far as the, at the running back position. Kind of nice. You now have a third-year version of Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. Is Trey Potts back also at that point? Does he have two years of eligibility left, Dusty? It's my understanding he's got two years, yeah. You have that whole running back room back, all three of those players. You now are bringing in the freshman, Quentin Martin, and I think you now have both London Montgomery and Cameron Wallace, who if all goes probably according to plan, they've been redshirted. You may be running into the issue that we had going into the uh, 22 season, which is just too many numbers back there. But that's a good problem to have. It is. And and for how Penn State is built, you know, you think about the dynamic duo uh, of Katron Allen and Nick Singleton. Well, that that dynamic duo could very well burst onto the scene and leave the scene at the same time or around the same time. I don't know what it's going to look like for do, does one of them leave after their junior year? Do both of them leave after their junior year? Do they both stick around? I mean, I don't know what the answer is to that, but I think what you have now and the interesting dynamic on this depth chart is that Quentin Martin, I think is the, in my eyes is now the heir apparent, you know, he he's, he's the guy. And I think he jumps over both London Montgomery and Cameron Wallace based off pure raw electric ability alone. And, you know, you don't sign a guy like this. I I really don't think you sign him uh, without the understanding of he's going to play right away. I don't think he's a a five years on campus guy. I just don't get that impression. Um, So looking beyond 2024, that that's where I kind of see it. But, you know, when, when, if Katron Allen and Nick Singleton are both to come and go at the same time and Trey Potts would, would leave after 2024, there's a good possibility here that the three names that we're talking about for the next two seasons are, are all gone after that. 
And so then you, you definitely need those building blocks to come together. And Penn State, I think, it now has those building blocks. Uh, in terms of 2024, I think it'll be an interesting and fun ride because unless anything changes, Singleton, Allen, Potts, those are your one, two, three guys. I really feel like Quentin Martin is good enough, ready enough, uh, dynamic enough that you use him in a all uh, roles type of, of role. Get him involved, get him touches, get him jet sweeps, get him out uh, out wide in motion. Utilize his size, athleticism, and versatility to make a contribution and really set the stage for 2025 being his year to run away with the job uh, by getting him uh, some meaningful reps in a way that helps the offense next year. It's a good situation. It's a good problem to have, uh, but I think it just creates that that weird dynamic because now before they even get a chance to get on campus, I feel like Cameron Wallace and London Montgomery are like on watch. You know, there's urgency the moment that they arrive to prove where where they are and that they belong in, in the present and the future plans. I look at it just a little bit different. Let's start with Singleton and Allen. You said about not knowing if they'd come back for fourth year. I do know. They're not coming back, Dusty. Okay. Those, I, Barring unforeseen circumstances, those are both NFL players. And after 24, they're going to the NFL and they're going to be very good NFL players. Um, I think you hit it right, though, where you talk about Martin will come in. It's great. They'll get him out there. But what that also does is I think it sets up 25, where in 24, Martin will be a freshman. Very good chance London Montgomery and Cameron Wallace will be redshirt freshmen. And as redshirt freshmen, I think they'll be battling to be that second back with uh, with Quentin Martin in 25. Just like you had Singleton and Allen, you know, this year, next year. That's what I believe you'll see come 25. The thinking is, I think Montgomery and Cameron Wallace will be competing for that number two or that 1B role. And we've learned, yep, guys transfer out. Who knows who the class of 25 running back will be coming in. They've established, the bottom line is they've established this running back room for the next several years. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think in that regard, like Quentin Martin is more of a fundamental shift in how this running back depth chart looks than Trey Potts is, you know, going forward. I think his presence kind of changes the game a little bit there, but yeah, it, it does create a possibility. If Wallace and Montgomery both develop how Penn State wants them to develop, you know, there there's plenty of room for all of them if they all just kind of bide their time. And I think Penn State will be able to kind of maintain that dynamic. And really, I don't know, uh, they, they've done such a good job bringing a talent at running back, whether it's a portal guy or another top tier, uh, you know, young guy, I think there's going to be another name we're going to be talking about by the time 2025 rolls around. Definitely the case. And they've also shown not only they can play multiple running backs and have it work. You know, last year, they obviously did it with the big two Singleton and Allen, but you could see that going forward. Can't you see in 24 Singleton Allen and maybe it's Martin and all three guys getting significant carries. And what's going to happen then is the draft that following year, it's going to show it didn't hurt Singleton or Allen. There'll be enough on tape. They'll get drafted appropriately. 
I don't think either one of those guys is saying, gee, I wish I had gotten more carries in college. I would have been drafted higher. Not going to be the case. So I think you can have two and even three good running backs. All right, Dusty, that is it for quarter number two. The rest of the show, we're going to preview the blue-white game. Stick around for that. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the blue-white game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery, all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. And Dustin, it's that time to talk about a football game. Or at least sort of a football game. We've got the blue-white game coming up on Saturday. Again, another reminder, don't forget, we're doing the big tailgate event, benefiting it, the We Are NIL. Fantastic time, lots of food, drink, beer, wine. A lot of player families going to be there. Lots of fun. Just go to thetailgateclub.com for tickets and information. All right, Dusty. Let's preview the game. Let's take a look. Let's start with the offense. And the obvious place to start is at quarterback. We've got the presumed new starter in Drew Aller. We've got his competitor, Bo Perbula. They're locked in that combination, in that competition for the number one spot. What, do you, what are you expecting to see with the two quarterbacks? Well, I, I, I'm curious to see what kind of format and how often they get a chance to, to make throws. But, you know, to start with Drew Aller, obviously evaluating anything on performance at, at Blue White is a fool's errand. But, you know, the one thing that will shine through no matter what, no matter who, is playing cornerback, no matter what they're doing, no matter what the the format of the situation is, the game, uh, his elite physical traits. I just want to see them on display. Big passes down the field, deep shots, you know, throws that nobody else can make. You'll be able to see that with with Drew Aller. And I felt like last year, uh, Aller did not have good numbers and he kind of sailed some throws and things like that at the blue-white game. But I was impressed by the way that he carried himself through all that. 
Like he, like he, it was almost like he understood it was a process. There wasn't anything that he was uh, shaking his head about or anything like that. So I thought we were able to kind of see his demeanor and we saw that demeanor. He, he needed to have that uh, starting in week one last year. So I felt like that, that was a real strength. So just making sure that he's got a grip and a command and just looks like a starter, carries himself like a starter and a, and a leader. Uh, that's all you can really ask for. If he, if he completes 10 for 10, if he completes one for 10, I, none of that really matters in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but I think you just want to see and come away from that game with the feeling that Drew Aller can lead the, this team to where Penn State fans want them to lead, to lead it. Uh, and then, you know, Bo Perbola, well, go ahead. I was just going to say with uh, Drew Aller, it's, I'm not going to change my impression of him. I'd rather he go 10 for 10 than one for 10 but I think I'm locked into what my impression is of him. I think it's Bo Prabula is the guy that we want to see more from because we haven't seen him at all. So I think that's why it's more important to Bo Prabula, and that's where I would, where I want to see more from him. Uh, to make sure we get through all this, I'm going to move on to another position very quickly here already, Dusty, but the quarterbacks, they got to throw to somebody. At wide receiver, double figures in number of scholarship players out there. Anyone special you're looking for among them? Well, I think Malik McLean being there, the Florida State transfer, he looks the part. Uh, he seems to be ma- making a really positive impression on, on everyone. Uh, and I just think the, the depth chart uh, in the fall works a lot better if you can at least pencil him in for – 40 targets and and the ability to maybe make plays down the field like let, let's see that athleticism and that size that range let's see that uh in motion and see if that really is going to factor into uh the plans or not i feel like it's going to um caden saunders i mean I, I feel like this is a guy that uh redshirted last year that can do some things that other guys on this depth chart can't namely be sort of that prototypical slot guy um, can he show that in dose? And I would say just as a cautionary tale, uh, wasn't the name at wide receiver, uh, last spring, Jaden Dotton. And now he's, he's in the transfer portal still hasn't found a home yet, as far as I know. So, you know, results can be deceiving, but I think, you know, you're just looking for these guys to be able to play, uh, Amari Evans. I'd love to see whether it's physical transformation or a little nuance to his game. And then the other one that I still think is a sneaky, sneaky play. Like if you were betting on guys who can crack the rotation, you know, if Drew Aller still loves Liam Clifford, you know, they, they found a little bit of chemistry uh, in, in games last season together. Uh, I think that Drew Aller seems to really love and appreciate that he knows where Liam Clifford's going to be. Liam being the brother of Sean kind of, maybe can think in terms of, of what it's like to be a quarterback. If there's real chemistry there and Drew Aller loves to throw to this guy and loves to make, you know, those little underneath passes and stuff, does that change things for Liam Clifford? Like I, I really wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put him out of mind just yet. It's easy whenever you're looking at all these names, right? He's the least heralded in terms of where he came from as a recruit uh, compared to the rest of these guys. But man, I mean, that is a, a real factor, I think. Uh, the connection there. I wouldn't be surprised if Liam Clifford does become a factor, one of those guys who just dependable. My take, it's interesting, you brought up Malik McLean, and it's funny that 
his dimensions, you know, height, weight, size, everything is comparable to Malik Mega, who we were talking about a year ago or two years ago with those physical tools. You know, he seems to be lost in all this too. My take on it, Dusty, is I don't think there's a receiver that I now just say he's a sure thing. I know Keandre Lambert-Smith, Trey Wallace are the guys that James Franklin has said lead the pack right now. I don't feel like they're a given. I don't feel like anyone's a given. So whatever I see from anybody, I'm going to count as a bonus. You know, who who's going to yeah. uh, make a play? Not sure who. I just like to see somebody make a play. <laughs> uh, let's go to <laughs> to running back where, you know, the sure things are Singleton, Allen. Are we looking for anything at all from them? Or I, I suspect they'll at least get on the field. But do you really think we're going to see much at all from them? Well, I, I think if we don't, uh, and this is what I have questions about. If we don't, it just seems like there's going to be a lot of a uh, lot of pass, a lot of pass, pass, pass uh, in this game. You know, they they do kind of make it so. You know, the the when, when you're playing against your your teammates, uh, I don't I don't think you're talking about like the most physical finishes and and the most dangerous play, but like. You know, it is, it is football still. I, I have to think there's going to be a pretty firm limit on how much you use these guys. What can they even show or prove or do that changes any opinions about them? I mean, this is this is a practice, and I think it's a practice that they're going to more or less take off. And so if, if they are not used very much, you're looking at, you know, really exclusively non-scholarship guys uh, to, to move the chains and, and to – um, to round out the offense. Like I, I feel like, you know, where offensive line kind of changed the flow of, of games like, like last year, uh, the lack of scholarship running backs could change the way that they go with the format on Saturday. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go out on the limb here. I'm making my bold prediction here, Dusty. I'm picking Tyler Holsworth over Tank Smith for the game MVP. Remember, you get back here first. <laughs> it's not <laughs> even crazy. Uh, let's look at the tight end group. Uh, I'm not sure how much we're going to see from Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren, similar to like what we talked about with the running back. The difference is at tight end, we still have several more scholarship guys. That could be interesting how they use the tight ends and might somebody step up there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of 15 practices as far as the coaches are concerned. It might carry a little bit more weight. So it's not winning a competition. It's not losing a competition. But, you know, I, I think any Penn State fan would love to see Khalil Dinkins do something splashy. You know, you'd love to see him uh, get into open field and separate from a safety or something like that. Uh, and then you've got the two uh, true freshmen who, you know, I think the the uh, the heat is on now to try to stake their claim to the present and the future spots uh, on the pecking order, which is Joey Schlaffer, Omega Barnwell, and then Jerry Cross. I think I, I don't know where we're going to see him health wise if he's close to 100 percent, not close to 100 percent. Do we see him at all? Do we see him in a limited fashion? Is he wearing a red jersey or something? I mean, though. So I think there are some things to glean from this group, but you're just looking for anybody who's not the two proven guys uh, to to show something splashy for you. And I think Khalil Dinkins ha- is the 
remains the the number one guy on my list to be able to do that on Saturday and remains the number one guy on my list to to win that third job. But Penn State's got a really good competition uh, for that job. And and I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Anything you can glean from this kind of like wide receivers, anything positive and productive has to be viewed as a win. I believe he hit it uh, correctly though, talking about Khalil Dinkins, he's got a chance to be the primary tight end target in this practice game. So he, he's a possibility to come out with some big numbers here. And especially when you've got two quarterbacks who, you know, it's not a fourth-year guy who's going to be chucking the ball all around. They may be guys who are checking down, looking for the completion, and looking for the tight end. So it's an opportunity for Khalil Dinkins uh, to, to set himself up, Dusty. Finally, on the offensive side, we have the offensive line. That's always kind of an interesting place in the spring game to look, but what makes this special is the two freshmen, I think just seeing them on the field at all, seeing how they move, how they do anything will be interesting to see. And and I think that right there is exactly the kind of mindset that you need to have when you're watching the blue white game, whether you're watching it on TV or whether you're there on per- in person is like, let's look at how these guys move, how fast they are, how big they are, how different do they look? I mean, these guys are built a little different than your typical young offensive lineman. Let's get a feel for what that means and what it's all about. You know, like whether they win a one-on-one battle or lose a one-on-one battle means less than what they actually show from a physical perspective. And I think for the offensive line, uh, there's going to be a lot of incentive to not play a lot of veterans, but I think there's there's a good number of reserve veterans. It's almost for the best when you're trying to figure out what's in store for the, for the future. If you don't see uh, Landon Tangwall or Olu Fashionu, if you see some of these other guys, they're the ones who are truly in competition this spring and summer. Oh, that I'm perfectly fine not seeing Fashionu at all. You know, and and again, when I go to watch a game, I'm not there to see the left tackle typically. Okay, the star left tackle. But I am there to see if there's any of that next generation ready to contribute either this season or beyond. And specifically for me, the the freshmen, it'll be fascinating to put the spotlight on them a bit. Yeah, for sure. And and I, I really hope to see what these guys can do because they're talented kids. Very much so. Very much so. All right, Dustin, that is it for our offensive preview for the blue-white game. Guess where we're going next? You guessed it. We're going to look at the defense in quarter number four. Stay, stay tuned for that. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the blue-white game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery. 
all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Dusty. I'm Jim. It is Blue White Game Week, so we're doing our look ahead. In quarter number three, we looked at the offense. That, of course, means quarter number four. We're looking at the defense. It's interesting. I always find it fascinating when we do depth chart or positional reviews or anything, how different it is doing this for the offense and the defense with the simple fact that on defense, the way we saw it, especially last season, I'm calling it, there aren't 11 starters. There are 22 starters. There's a two deep. There's a rotation pretty much everywhere. So it's not a case of, oh, could this guy beat out that guy? I'm not even sure there's much in the way of position battles on defense. Yeah, I mean, none of them are are top tier. I mean, and and it's because of the way that the lines are blurred. It's because of the fact that, you know, 11 guys – you know, kind of try to function as one unit and there's always a push and a pull. And and so I think that's that's a good thing that they've established with their defense is that the the genuine trust level and the commitment to playing a bunch of guys. And, you know, I think it does, it, it tilts the conversation. It's not as, as sizzling per se, but and, you know, who is winning the number two job there? Who is winning the number three defensive tackle job? I mean, those are the bigger questions of all is, is it's less about, you know, high end starter types and more about where the depth is going to come from. And, you know, I feel like the, there's no better example than that of the cornerback room. You know, you're not concerned about Kalen King and you're not concerned about Johnny Dixon and Daquan Hardy's back. And uh, you feel like Storm Duck coming from North Carolina and being pretty productive down there. You, you feel like he's, you know, rounds out that top four and is their their number uh, is, is the primary reserve uh, on the edge. Uh, you're look you're really looking to see where the young guys fit in and if they're making it happen. You know, I think that's a, a good way to put it is, is a young guy making it happen and pushing the coaching staff to for to, to force his way onto the field. You know, Cam Miller is in that conversation. They clearly liked him or they wouldn't have burned his red shirt last year. Uh, I think he's, he seems to have gotten a lot better. And then you've got this trio of guys who we should see on Saturday, uh, Elliot Washington, Zion Tracy, Lamont Payne. Um, what are they all about? Can they be players who force their way into anything in year one? Can they be names that you have to leave there knowing? And I would I would recommend um, 
you know, watching what happens and then hearing what James Franklin and maybe position coach has to say about these guys and putting it together because, you know, there, I think there's a clear difference when James Franklin's giving lip service to a player and clear, uh, clear difference whenever he is passionate about how, how much a young guy has grown or whatever. So that's a, I think that component is, is interesting to follow at cornerback. You did really well talking about that cornerback room and establishing. You're right. There's those guys, Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, Daquan Hardy, and probably even Storm Duck. You know what we're getting there. It's that next group. Safety's a little bit different. You've got Jair um, Brown moving on, and he was such a stabilizing force there among the safeties. I think there's still a lot of really good players there. But they need to sort things out at the top, not at that next level like cornerback. I mean, sorting it out at the top will trickle down some. But yeah, th- this is the first year in a few years where Penn State doesn't have like a true blue impact guy back there. And maybe somebody on the depth chart can be that. Uh, you know, you, you obviously look at Keaton Ellis and him being a veteran. I, I still think there's more for him to do and achieve uh, at the safety spot. And then you, you you look past him and it's like, okay, is Zachy Wheatley the next in line? Uh, it would seem like, you know, as we're working our way through spring and coming out of winter, that Kevin Winston Jr., uh, who's, a, who's a talented young kid, can maybe be a factor in that starting conversation. You've got Jalen Reed, who's done some some good things. You've got uh, Makai Flowers and Tyrese Mills from the previous recruiting class who are now in year two on campus. Like that, I'm curious where they stand, if they can try to push their way in, into bigger roles. I mean, this is an interesting position to be in because you've got a bunch of really good players. You don't have a pro- – I mean, do you really have like a proven impact starter at all there? I mean, I, I so I, I think you've got all these players to try to sort out and, and figure out where the differences are, who can separate in that race for a starting job, who can separate in the, in the race for that top four position. Uh, it's a good thing. I think that Anthony Poindexter has, but I think you are still asking at least one or two of these guys to step into roles where they're big factors, not just contributors, but big factors. I agree. I The difference in that room is the last couple of years we had stars like Brisker and Brown. I'm not sure there's that kind of star there, but I think there's a lot of really good players. So I'm, I'm still confident there. Interesting at linebacker, Dusty. Uh, you know that you starting talent-wise with Abdul Carter and Curtis Jacobs. Those are the givens at linebacker. After that, you know, we've gone through – I'm still not sure that the two, Tyler Elsden and uh, King, has determined who's number one and who's number two among the middle linebackers. And then it's like, okay, who's next in line? I know we have Dom DeLuca around, but who's next? You know, you have Keon Wiley coming in back. Is him with that year experience now, is he going to show up? How about the freshman, Tamir Robinson? who's also coming off injury. But the guy everyone's been talking about, though, this spring is Tony Rojas. I think linebacker is going to be an interesting spot to watch come blue-white game. Man, I mean, the 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 second layer of linebacker now is, you know, I, I feel like last year uh, we really went into it saying, hey, we know that there's that there's a pretty good group, you know, for one through three, but then who else is there? And then Abdul Carter changes that conversation completely right off the bat. 
Um, and now you look at it, you know, and, and it's, I think it's going to be great for blue white because there's not going to be a lot of incentive, I think, to play Abdul Carter and Curtis Jacobs in particular very much at, at all. Uh, there's nothing for them to prove. There's nothing that for them to do there. They, they don't really need to be evaluated the same way that maybe some other players do, which maybe it should mean you see a bunch of Tony Rojas and Dom DeLuca and Keon Wiley. Let these, let these guys get out there and play and, and show it. Uh, because this is a pretty exciting second tier of linebacker. And, you know, the clock's ticking for Curtis Jacobs. A, a, a replacement needs to be found for him. Uh, Abdul Carter isn't going to make it past year three. So I think it's it's urgent to to find a replacement for him as well. They've signed a bunch of guys. They, they've really done a good job at the linebacker position to change it. You know, I think even in, in the span of less than a year, to change it from a question mark to a no doubt about it, positive. And I think Tony Rojas is a big part of that. Uh, he's making his rounds in the winter and spring. It seems like he's going about his business exactly the way the coaches want him to. He's an unbelievable athlete. He's got a lot of quickness and speed. He's taken to the weight room and gained a bunch of weight uh, to answer that question too. I mean, it really just seems like the question we're going to be asking about Tony Rojas is in what capacity are we seeing him on the field in the fall and not whether we will or won't. Like he's he's been that good that even though there's depth there, he's been so good that he's forcing his way into that mix. But there's still a bunch of other guys. Like I don't know if Tamir Robinson, where he's at physically, uh, but Keon Wiley, I'm dying to see him. Like I, I really want to see where he factors into plans. And then Dom DeLuca, I think, you know, like I, I asked the question in the notes I sent, is he ahead of all these guys? He very well could be. Exactly. He was a factor. And I think that prejudice we have, you know, a walk-on guy, there's a limit to what he can do. He could be on the field and play and make plays. So you can't forget about him. But yeah, I'm I'm excited about the Tony Rojas, Tamir Robinson, Keon Wiley. And it's fun that you've got a position at linebacker. It's like when we talked about running back and it now seems like there's been something established, not just for this season, but for the next several years. It feels that way at linebacker also, that there are impact players who are going to be around for the next two, three, four seasons, which is fantastic. But another position, Dusty, that I'm not sure what to make of it is defensive tackle. And we've had this discussion over and over again, I know, with our show together and with the other guys, that Without P.J. Mustafer there, there's not that huge, you know, one-technique guy. But there's a lot of other guys. There's a lot of quantity. I guess the question is, how much quality is there? Uh, you know, like, I think what P.J. Mustafer did is one of the most underrated things in all of football. One of the hardest things to find. You know, somebody who is not just 320 pounds, but can move really, really well and absorb double teams and just do the dirty work and be happy to do the dirty work. I don't see a name on Penn State's roster that can match what he does. And I, I, I'm sure the coaching staff is, is saying the same thing. Like we don't have just a one a one size fits all replacement for PJ Mustafer. Those guys are, are difficult to find, but I don't know how that impacts strategy or, or whatever. I, what I do know is that there are a lot of promising players in, in this pipeline. You know, Zane Durant is at the top of the list for me in terms of, of promise yet to, to show on the field. Uh, I think if, if he comes out of Saturday with a, a new, um, like a gust of wind at, at his sails, kind of propelling him into the, into the summer, that's a good thing. 
Uh, I'm really, really curious about Devon Townley Jr. and that length and his conversion from end to tackle. Uh, can he wreck some things with that, with that uniqueness? Uh, I think Kaziah Izzard, I love his game a lot, and I think he's somebody who could be an impact player. Not a perfect replacement for, for P.J. Mustafer. They're going to have to absorb Mustafer's absence both at the defensive tackle spot, probably at the end spot. The linebackers are going to be asked to do more. They're going to see probably some more opposing jerseys getting free to them uh, more often, so it's going to be on them to be able to shed blocks. Uh, and then Caleb Artis is, is the other guy who, you know, one of very few, I think only a couple who are 300 plus pounds. So, you know, these young guys just trying to dictate three, three names, Zane Durant. Can he be a star? Uh, can can he be, you know, an impact guy uh, this year? I think Penn State's looking for that. Devon Townley, is he going to make a quick transition? And then Caleb Artis, what do they have in him? If you answer one or two of those questions on Saturday at Blue White, I think that's a big win. It definitely would be, Dusty. Um Real quick, in the last minute we have, what are you looking for at defensive end? Definitely a position where we know who the top three guys are. Yeah, I mean, they have such elite talent at defensive end. I, re- I really want to see, okay, Smith-Bilbert, Amin Vanover, Zariah Fisher. Uh, where Where's the next name coming from there? Who's going to be the, the the other guy who can blossom? Uh, specifically, Zariah Fisher. You know what? What, what do these guys have to round out the, that rotation? Because I've got zero questions about the other guys. That's exactly it. And don't forget, I mean, Vanover is a guy who's contributed. So, it, yeah, there's just no question marks there. Real quick, who's a special team player you're looking for? Uh, the, the new punter who came over. Let's, let's see him boom a few. Let's get some stability there. All right, Dusty, that's it for the show. Thank you all for listening. Be sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the blue-white game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are.